What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Axe crew. We got my main man, the man with the plan, the money man, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. We got the master of the mix and master, Josh Gotten in the building. That is I. And then you got the little old MC, that's me, Kenton Gibbs. Now, folks, we we going to get to the preseason and a, a few overreactions because I'm telling you, you know, I, after seeing some of these hot takes coming out of these first preseason games, all I could think is, yeah, that brother's starving. Folks been starving <laughs> for some NBA play, and, and now we see it. But before we get to that, we got to get to these NFL playoff races. Now, fellas, uh, we we sitting here looking at what's going on in the in the NFL, and we're we getting towards the playoff, playoff push, right? Everybody got 12 games under their belt for the most part. We got about four four weeks left in the NFL season. So, fellas, tell me this. Do y'all think the playoff picture will stay as it currently is right now? In the NFC, the Saints have clinched. Packers 9-3 at the head of the uh, NFC North. Rams 9-4 head of the NFC West by a game over the 8-4 Seahawks. The uh, Washington football team 5-7 leading the, AFC, the NFC least. Uh, then you got the Seahawks at eight and four, Bucks at seven and five, Cardinals at six and six. They're, those teams would all be in if it ended today. Then you got the Vikings six and six, and then you got 49ers, Giants, Bears, Lions, all five and seven. On the AFC side, you got the Chiefs clinching out the AFC West. Steelers technically still have not clinched, although they just had their first loss last week at eleven and one. Bills nine and three, Colts eight and four, uh, Browns nine and three. Dolphins 8-4, Titans 8-4. Those are teams that will be in the playoffs at the end of the day. Ravens. Anything changed about this playoff picture? Um, I don't I don't see much change. And the, the biggest uh change I see coming out of the division leaders is that uh in the NFC East, like we said on the pod plenty of times, I do have the Giants coming out as the as the winners in the NFC East. And then uh, actually in the uh, the AFC South, I actually got the Titans. I got the Titans winning that division. I'm disgusted that a Saquon Barkley-less Giants are actually in contention for a division. <laughs> hey, you, I you am know disgusted. I wrote them off as soon as I saw his injury, but that 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 conference is so bad. Jeez, that conference that's is right. so bad. I'm you know I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that the Eagles. With, with Jalen Hurts at the helm, can, can get a little something done and maybe sneak in there. And uh, they have to play, I want to say it would either be the Cardinals or the Seahawks first round, if everything stood as it is. If they play the, the, the Cardinals, they got a shot because Cliff Kingsbury is a loser. They play the Seahawks, <laughs> ooh we They're going to get spanked up out of there. They're going to get Listen, spanked up out of there. I got to say this on air. I got to say this on air. A couple weeks ago, I stated that the Eagles was going to make it because they had the best quarterback in the division. Carson Wentz is not the best quarterback in that division. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> okay. For all We've our all viewers, listeners, I apologize because that was blasphemy what I said. That that was just ridiculous what I said. Um, hope y'all can forgive me. I won't never, ever, ever jump to conclusions like that. When Carson Wentz is the quarterback, but y'all gotta admit he had a nice season a couple seasons ago. So oh, blindsided all of us. Right. It blindsided all of us. So 
I don't know. Absolutely. The way it's, he it, plays and throw the football is 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 pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's 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 god awful. So Chris, talk to me. Is is everything gonna hold up here? Is this is is what we looking at now gonna be it or no? I I want to say yes. The only team I'm not so sure about is the Raiders and the Ravens because both of them have pretty easy schedules, but they both have a lot of COVID problems right now. Mm-hmm. So so that that being said, the Ravens and the Raiders I feel like gonna fight for that that last spot. I think the Browns get in, even though Odell went out for this season, but they so deep at receiver. Shout out to Donovan People John, Cast Tech alum right there. He been he been balling. He been balling. Um. The Browns pretty deep at receivers, so I think them losing Odell is is a setback. But I think they can they can get into the playoffs with it, and this might be leverage for them to keep Odell a little bit longer, even though Odell was begging to get out before the season started. I, I know give you a little bit more in touch with the football. How how you feel about Odell coming back next year, just in general, for if the Browns keep I mean, the playoff? I mean, here's the thing: Odell is a receiver that's that's about to be pushing thirty. Um, at the end of the day. When you get up to that age, you you start. He's twenty eight. Uh, at the end of the day, you start losing leverage as you get to that age, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Unless you Larry Fitzgerald. And here here's the thing: Larry Fitzgerald has never needed leverage because he's never demanded a trade. He's never caused no fuss, no muss. He's just went about his business, did his thing. If you're a guy like an Antonio Brown, like an Odell Beckham, like you know you're gonna cause a lot of noise. You know you're gonna make a lot of ruckus. You better do it while you're young. Because the older you get, you know, you end up getting traded off to the middle of nowheresville. You name the worst team in the league, that's where you're going. That's where you're going nine times out of ten. They're going to send you to the island of misfit toys where your quarterback is going to be Trent Dilfer. Like, that's that's just what the NFL is. So, I mean, I hope that Odell realizes he will not get a better situation than playing with David and Joko, uh, Jarvis Landry, DPJ, and all and uh, Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt, but if you don't, sorry to this man. I, I you know don't what? know what team you get sent to. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's what that's what kills me about the Browns. The talent on their offense is just like, why do y'all have these problems? <laughs> like the Browns easily could be a top team every year with that offense. Oh, for sure, for sure. It, they they should be, but you know, it's it's it is. It is one of those things that you know, just like when the Eagles had uh, Mike Vick and Vince Young and Nandi Asamoah and, and Asante Samuel and all those guys, and they called themselves the dream team, but you still got to put it all together and make it work as a team. And and I don't think that they've done that. And so they, they're doing it this year. Nine and three is obviously, I'd be remiss to say they weren't, but that's just what it is. That's, just that's what I'm saying. Is. This should be every year for them, though, Gibbs. Like, this should really be a regular thing for them. Right, right. It should be. It's, I agree, but I I don't have much faith in Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna just leave that out there. But they got. But but I'm telling you, at every other place, they have elite level weapons. Like seriously, top four to five in the league, elite level weapons. So I don't know what's going on with them, but I hope they figure it out. And and so just, when I look, oh go ahead, bro. I'm just gonna name the teams I think are out. The Lions out, Bears out, Giants out, 49ers out, and I'm going to rule the Vikings and Cardinals borderline, but I think both of them fall out. Well, okay, actually, one well, of them got to get in, don't they? I was just about to say, yeah, somebody okay, got to yeah. get in. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if I, had to choose, if, I had to, if I had to choose between the Vikings and the Cardinals, I'm going to go to the Vikings because, like you said, the Cardinals, they, they coaching staff is just 
they're losers. Yeah. They're they're known yeah. losers. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I, it, my, oh, go ahead. My, my pre my my preseason pick for the NFC is the Saint, uh, Seahawks. I still think they're gonna win it. The NFC. I think they're gonna get their act together. They just had a lot of. I think COVID affected them a lot early, and they're getting back to playing how they were now. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. You, you got for, you got uh, Seattle getting in as a wild card, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not impossible that they overtake the Rams if they win tonight. They they jump up to nine and four. And uh, I believe that the Rams have the tiebreak over them. But one more win after that, if the Rams lose again, they'll if they basically finish the season one game better than the Rams, they'll they'll uh, take that advantage. But now, when I when I come and look at this, when I look at this uh, playoff picture, the NFC East is so mercurial. Uh, trying to guess it, nine times out of ten, you're gonna be wrong. Uh, like. There's only four possible winners, and still, I believe, nine times out of ten, you're going to be wrong in picking who's going to win here. Uh, so with that being said, that that's a toss-up. I think I I just believe that uh, going down the stretch, the Eagles have one of the easiest schedules, and I think that they'll get it done because of that. So I think that they'll get in in that final division spot. Um, the Bucks. They the NFL won a lot of Bucks to miss the playoffs, so the Bucks are going to be in. Seahawks are a good team. I think they're going to get in. Um, the Vikings are. I don't think they're that good of a team, but I think that all the teams in front of them are really bad, or not all the teams. The Cardinals are a bad team. I'm sorry, but they just are. How you have DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and Kyler Murray, and you're still 500 is beyond me. But anywho. You're going over to the AFC. Uh, I don't think that the Dolphins can hold off the Ravens. I doubt it. I doubt it. Unless Lamar is still having respiratory problems from COVID, they'll get uh, He just ran for a 60-yard touchdown last That's week. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So I don't – I don't. I truly don't see that happening. I, I honestly and truly don't. And one thing that I, I tell people all the time, as the end of the season, as the season comes to an end, one thing that is always valuable is a good running game. Why is a good running game always valuable? Because toward the end of the season, that's when all the elements hit. That's when you get all the snow. That's when yeah. you get all the, the ball as hard as a brick, all that good stuff. And if your main weapon is throwing the ball, you're going to be ass out. And with that being said, the Ravens put that thing up. They're going to run it. They're gonna run, they've lost. And one thing that I, I will say, the Ravens have lost so much as far as their talent from last year. Uh, losing Marshall Yonda was a lot bigger than many people would like to believe. That man was a Hall of Fame caliber offensive guard. And to have him go, to have uh, two of the top three tight ends go, you know, it, they lost a lot. And for people to pretend like they didn't, it's just beyond me. But anywho, I think they can get it done and get in there. So we're going to switch gears, and we're going to go over to this basketball and these preseason overreactions. Because I know, I know Guyton hated. I know Guyton absolutely <laughs> hates when folks see three minutes of good basketball and everybody's like, oh, Man. look, he put up five points and three assists in eight and a half <laughs> minutes. So so tell me, what, what preseason overreactions have you seen that you thought were egregious? What preseason reactions are you having yourself? Or what, what do you think, who do you think could carry over their preseason play into the regular season? Oh, man, I think 
people are seeing the wrong things out of the preseason. Never should you use the preseason as an indicator to think who's going to be good during the season or take the stats from the preseason and think that's going to transfer over to the regular season. We know that the preseason, the regular season, and the postseason are like three completely different seasons in basketball. So I think the only thing that you can use the preseason for is to figure out who's been working hard. You mm-hmm. can see who's been working hard in the preseason. You can get a gauge of how people are going to play. Like, for example, to toot uh, Chris's horn, um, we saw that ja- that John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins have been working hard. They look well, pretty sir. damn good out there on the court. But at the same time, even though they look good, you can't translate that over to them playing a back-to-back and they got to hit the, uh, the Lakers and the Clippers on a back-to-back. We don't know how fatigue is going to affect them. We don't know how people locking in on defense are going to affect them. We don't know how them dealing with 40 minutes LeBron James is going to affect them. You're 100% correct. I feel it. You get to see who's working hard. Like, for example, if you watch the Lakers preseason game, even though he's not going to get regular season minutes, you can see that Talon Horton Tucker worked hard. And a few years down the line, we might see him put up some decent numbers. We can see that Kyle Kuzma didn't work hard. I don't know if he was a uh, vacationing the entire time, but we can see that he was the same player. Hey, he, he won was. his first championship, guy. <laughs> Let him live. Let him live. That that mean that mean the grind is over. No, oh, yeah, no, that mean the grind just starts to exactly. me. To me, that mean the grind just starts. Exactly. So I think the overreactions that people are are taking uh, games that they seen from players that most aren't even going to get clocked like that in the regular season. But but the Lakers beat the Clippers without AD or Brown. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and w- what did we see in the regular season last year? It's three different seasons. We saw the Clippers almost smack the Lakers every time they played in the regular season. What happened in the playoffs? They didn't even meet. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, in, in all fairness, I said all season that the Clippers were built to beat the Lakers. Yep. The unfortunate part about it is that Every team in the NBA is not the Lakers. Yeah. So they they played a team that wasn't the Lakers, and they weren't built to beat. And uh, woof, they got the wheels whipped off them. Chris, what what are you seeing? What what Man. are you seeing that you thought this is a bad overreaction? Pump your brakes. Y'all got some time. No, we got time. <laughs> we got all, all the right. time in the world. I'm gonna start by this because we talked about it off air. Just and we said we we're gonna save it for the show. Lamelo Ball. I need everybody to pump the brakes, please, please, please. Y'all did this with Lonzo, and I'm not trying to compare them. I know they're two different players. I'm not trying to say they're the same player. Y'all did are this with really? Lonzo. They, 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 I, they really not. They're, they're are they really two different players? To, to, to me, they're not. I mean, but I'm giving a bit of the doubt because I, I like to let young players play for a minute but make their own name. But to me, LaMelo just Lonzo with a little more swag. Like, Lonzo was kind of like the dorky one off the group. Jello had a little more swag than Lonzo, but he didn't have the talent Lonzo had. And Melo had the most swag and the most talent out of all of them to me, out of the Ball Brothers. I mean, y'all could disagree with me, but that's just how I looked at it. I don't, it. Like, I don't. Lonzo's kind of to himself being the older brother, being the leader, more say, you know, just just more and more humble. Jello was a little more flashy, but he didn't have the talent to back up what he was flashing. And then Melo was just, you know, he, he kind of was the flashy one. He was the one that pulling up with the Lambo, pulling up with the, you know, expensive cars and all that, hanging out, getting tattoos, getting, you know what I'm saying? All that stuff. Getting in trouble the most. Mm-hmm. So him, him going 0 for 5, 
and y'all, this, Twitter had a celebration party. I was like, <laughs> man, if, I, if he went 0 for 5, what happened if he go 1 for 6? He probably going to win the Nobel Peace Prize. Like, jeez. Oh, my like, Lord. Bro said like, a Nobel Peace Prize. Because, oh, get, did you see the reaction when Melo made all he had was 10 rebounds and 4 assists, I think it was, and 0 points, 0 for 5? Well, the, the, the manner in which he got the assist, is anybody who can get an assist on the Charlotte – Hornets. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that. They, they still professionals, man. They man, still you can get it, buddy. Listen, they can get a bucket no. if they're wide open under the rim. Did y'all see the pat the behind the back pass to Zeller? That Zeller then airballed Airball a layup on. I said, sir, I beg your damn pardon. And hey, you know the you thing about it, I, like this. I know Cody Zeller realized that if he turned his hand the other way, he could have dunked it. Like he was that high above the rim. Not like where he was high enough above the rim, not that high. He was high enough above the rim. Where if he turned his hand around, he would have dunked it instead of trying the boy to is seven feet tall. He should have with man. <laughs> so, so here's my thing when it comes to LaMelo. I do agree that LaMelo and um, I do agree that LaMelo and Lonzo are very similar in, in play style, and I mean, they're brothers, it makes sense. But I look at it from this point of view can, can y'all name me a few of the elite players that we have in the NBA? with the exception of LeBron James. Wait, a few of the elite players? Yeah, name me a few. I'm not saying Alonzo or Miller are going to be elite, but just name me a few of the elite players that we have in the NBA currently outside of LeBron. Uh, Well, James Harden, uh, Correct. Giannis. Correct. Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard. Correct. Uh, Anthony Davis. Correct. And, oh, yeah, AD. And uh, that's... Okay, so out uh, of those players that y'all... I don't know those players that your name, but AD may be the only exception to the rule, but it took all of those players quite a few years to actually cook. Well, okay, okay. It I took all of those players valid. quite that, a few that, years that, to that, actually that's cook. That's valid. That, that's valid, 100%. But I'll put it to you like this. If LeBron came into the league and didn't cook for five years, oh, man, the world would have ended. I understand but that's that. Different, but though. I, I, that's it, different, though. Yeah, we, Brown was we playing were... the number one team in the nation in high school. <laughs> right, he was playing against he was playing against Oak Hill back when Melo was there. We, we like, wasn't were... watching we wasn't watching Lonzo Ball high school games on ESPN, bro. During a yeah, prime no, time slot, no. right, right, right. I get it, I get it. But I'm just saying the type of hype that's around them is like. Like they, you know, they should be working harder to me. They, they should be trying to make an instant they, impact. I think they are, but at the same time, if you look at the environments that they're in, especially Lonzo with the Lakers and that coaching staff that he was a part of, like we're f- finally seeing Lonzo getting a chance to develop his game on a professional level, bro. We he was in a system with Luke Walton. Where this dude was starting the game, doing putting in three minutes, bro. He'll grab you a full book, full, few boards, give you some good dimes, and then he's sitting on the bench for fifteen minutes for Jordan Clarkson. You gotta, oh you gotta give the young players a few years, and you gotta give them repetitions in an NBA game to develop. I don't think we're gonna see Lamelo Ball blossom if just like yesterday he's putting in a few minutes, and then you put him on a, on a bench for Terry Rozier. You drafted this dude number three, y'all not making the playoffs. You got to let these young players cook. You don't know what he can be, but you're not about to figure out what how good he can be if you got him sitting on a bench so Terry Rozier can get some minutes in, bro. First thing, hey, listen. No, no, no slander on Jordan Clarkson. He's a bucket. I like Jordan Clarkson. But at the same time, you drafted Lonzo Ball number two. 
Yeah, you gotta give him time to cook, bro. You can't be. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. But just Jordan works hard. You know. I mean, listen. More power to him. But no, you can't. When you draft a player, I think really for the NBA top four to five, you have to play him. You have to. You got to let him go out there and take those lumps. Hundred percent. You got to let him. I'm gonna tell you this: the Cavs they stunk it up with that uh, with that Anthony Anthony Bennett pick. But one thing that they didn't stick up, they gave Anthony Bennett every opportunity to stick. <laughs> and they exactly. found out that he stink, stank, stunk. They was like, oh, okay, he's bad. He's really bad. Exactly. Okay, let's get rid of him now. But, yeah, I, I agree, Josh. I agree. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to just tell you this. The biggest overreaction for for me, the one that I saw that just had me like, really, what are we, what are we doing here? I'm going to have to just rain on a parade real quick and uh, – I all I'm saying is Boogie and John Wall. Oh, I knew you was going. <laughs> they look good. Hey, listen, they look good. They look great. First time playing football in years. I mean, play, first time playing basketball in years. Sure, but also, um, I I don't know what that team is going to be like when Harden comes back. I think he'll make the team better. Because, I mean, he's naturally a bucket. He's naturally going to do a lot of good things. But also, I don't know how he's going to fit into Silas's offense. I really well, don't. Gibbs, I'm glad you brought that up, kids. I guess. Now, you you were you were a Rocket believer, but you did believe in Dad Tony. How do you right. feel about the Rockets now? Because I, I saw something different. And that's all I wanted was something different, Gibbs. And I love it. I love it. I mean, listen, I I am not disagreeing with you. Here's my only thing. If James Harden was bought in, I would be worried if I was uh, other teams in the West. I would be, like, sincerely, like the Lakers are one injury away from, like, getting blown out the water by these guys. If James Harden was bought in. He's not, though. So it's like, eh, eh, doesn't move the needle. Doesn't doesn't really. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. But I feel like, okay, so here's the thing. You have you can sometimes in NBA you have times where a player can get in a bad situation and then the situation around him start looking looking good. So if Boogie and John Wall start playing the way that, that that we know they can play, or if Christian Wood come in and make an instant impact, or Eric Gordon stays healthy, it's a lot of factors. Hart could get that love for the Houston Rockets again. Like yeah, of course the ball won't be in his hand as much as it was with D'Antoni, but our offense moved a lot more more more. It was more easy to. See the different pieces we had. Like I saw a lot of players that never got any uh, touches, never got any shot attempts because they was ISO, ISO, ISO. And I feel like a player like Austin Rivers would do a lot better in this system versus the last system. So you're gonna see Eric Gordon do better. You're gonna see David Nwaba after he comes back. And then another thing, um, I was looking on Twitter. We have three guys coming back from an ACL or uh, Achilles injury. We got David Nwaba, John Wall, and Demarcus Cousins. Y'all know mm-hmm. I love players with chips on their shoulder. We got three of them. Our team is destined, if we have a great season, we're destined to have, like, just that story. And I feel like once James Harden see all that, he's going to be like, man, this this is a good story. Like, we, we could really do something here. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's what I, I liked it. about I the Rockets it. preseason. Mm-hmm. A, another overreaction that really blew me. I'm not even an R.J. Barrett fan. But everybody going in about him going 0 for 5 to start off the preseason – Really, I this think that was good for him because 
I think he it, it's, he kept shooting. He had 14 shot yeah. attempts. In. Get a rhythm. This, this is, season is about this rhythm. is what this is what we've come to saying that he's gonna be bad based off of preseason against the Pistons of all people. This is what we've come to. <laughs> hey, hey, Gibbs. Since you like, brought the Pistons, let me. I'll wait till you're done. Go ahead. All, all I'm saying is, uh, like Josh said, number one, it takes players some time to cook. Number two, R.J. Barrett's skill set is that of like a, a point forward type deal. He was never supposed to be the super shooter of the group anyway. Of the three that came out of Duke when he did, it was Zion Williamson, him, and R.J. I mean him and uh, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish was supposed to be the super shooter. Zion was the, the super athlete. And he was like the, the best, most natural basketball player in that he had the feel and he just knew the angles, knew which passes to make. This dude is in year what, two? Going into year yeah. two? Yeah. yeah. Like, what are we... Now, one thing that I do feel bad about, them knees with tips. <laughs> uh, do I say goodbye to what RJ Tibbs going to get him 30 minutes in the preseason, bro. I ain't going to cap. Oh, the good knees. <laughs> no, nah, for real, though. It's going to be sad. It's going to be sad seeing Tibbs destroy that boy knees. Uh, Obi Thompson as well, man. I, Obi Thompson already hey. has knee problems coming in, and I'm just I was like, just about oh to say God, that. <laughs> why? Why y'all trapped him to a team? Hey, look, 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 yes. When, when, when Obi, when Obi, uh, for for whatever reason, I have forgot who the next coach was, but when Obi Toppin got drafted, I was geeked. I'm like, oh yeah, he gonna be in New York. Obi gonna make his name. Oh yeah. Then I was like, who the coach of the Knicks? I was like. Oh, oh, we just came off a knee injury, and I remembered it was Tibbs. I was like, oh, yeah, man. no, no, it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a cold day in the city. It's gonna be a real cold day in the city with folks having to deal with uh, Tibbs. I don't know why they would get him involved, coaches, but who knows? Maybe Tibbs learned. Maybe Tibbs grew. And I, I'm gonna just say this: if the New York Knicks were to even be decent. Next year. And by decent, I don't mean like a good team, a playoff team. I mean like they're just competitive every night. They'll be better than what they were in the past. So so let me ask y'all this. Speaking of playoffs, yes, we know this is the way too early predictions. But who do we have missing the playoffs that made it last year? Um okay, see. I think mm-hmm. I think uh, OKC is missing the playoffs uh, in in favor of. Sh- this is tough, man, because I can't I can't even necessarily tell who's gonna who's gonna make it back in. Um, but I do think OKC is out. If that is in favor of, uh, it's in favor of either Phoenix or Golden State. Hmm. And, and and you know something, I agree with you, with OKC. Even though I do think OKC is a sleeper team, we can't you can't you can't play them lightly. They have some pieces over there. Chris, that they could upset. They could. They're not gonna make the playoff. They're not gonna make the playoff. But they have some pieces over there. They could win some games. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. We're not gonna slander Lou Dort, but also it's Lou Dort. Come on, man. Oh, come on. All right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But the team I really feel like got they really have to make a push this year. Portland Trailblazers. I mean, they re-signed everybody back, but I don't see them being a, a guaranteed playoff team. You know, they windows closing. 
Their window, their, their window is closed. It's absolutely closing. And if, I'm gonna tell you something: if they don't get the, get it done this year, and by get it done, I mean at least conference finals, that team gonna get broke up. I'm willing to bet any amount of money on that because there's been so many years where they let the core of Dame and CJ cook. Yeah. They've they've let that cook for so many years. They've let Terry Stotts cook for so many years. One of the three is gonna be gone at the end of this season if they don't uh get to the conference finals. And I, I don't it's it's one of those things that sucks because Damian Lillard is might end up being the Patrick Ewing of this generation. An absolutely yeah. great player. An absolutely great player that the history books remember on the wrong side of of many a, a championship game. And I, I think that the beautiful thing about it for Dame, though, is that Dame has had such memorable moments that have been exacerbated by the social media era. The the I don't care what you say, that's a bad shot. That That's going to go down in, in the annals of history. We will never forget Paul George screaming about how that's a bad shot. We'll never forget <laughs> We'll never forget him. We'll never forget Dame waving off the uh, waving off the OKC team that he just put out, and that he in essence broke up. Let's be honest; he broke up that as soon as that shot went in. Paul George was out the door. Russell Westbrook had one foot out the door. As soon as that happens, so, yeah. I mean, more power to him. But it's it's that's more and more what it's looking like here. I'm not gonna lie, and I'm gonna take a hot take. That might have been the di- most disrespectful shot in the playoff history, bro. Like where he, Oof. where you shoot it and you wave like that at the other yeah, team, and then yeah. the team blows up like a week later. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That, and you that, know that, what? That, the, the, let me tell you. Let me tell you something. This only wins because of context. Because if Allen Iverson right. had managed to pull off the upset after that Ty Lue shot, oh that he would have won. He would. He would ever <laughs> have the most disrespectful. But right, 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 also, right. That's the only reason why, because he didn't win. That's, that's yeah, another one. The Sixers didn't win another game after that one, did they? No, no they I didn't. wasn't even close. Yeah, yeah, that was tough. That was tough. But yeah, that's the most disrespectful shot of all time. It really is. Don't, bro, don't blow up my whole my whole franchise and wave me <laughs> off. Don't hey, do that. hey, and to make to make it worse, get this is literally after Russ and him got into it in regular season, and Russ was like, "I've been busting him." I've yep. been busting his his redacted all my life. Yeah, all my, uh, oh another, my another layer that make it worse. If you look at the the uh the rim camera as the ball is going in under the rim, you can see Russell Westbrook's face looking at the ball going in. That's that's oh another layer God. that makes it worse. <laughs> you know what makes it even worse? You know what makes it even worse? Paul George had a bad year the next year. He had another bad year. He's still thinking about that shot. Oh my God, Lord Jesus! Please, it's it's just it's it's really tough. It's really tough. Also, can we talk about Paul George for a second? Can we talk about it? Because he said that he's locked in. He's listening to his Kobe tapes. He and I'm sorry, y'all. We we had to we had to just segue here. So he said he locked in. He listened to his Kobe tape. He's coming for redacteds. Now, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. He's coming for redacteds. Redacteds. So. Please tell me, do, do we believe in Paul George this year? Are we? Are, is no. anybody worried about Paul George? Is he gonna do something different this year? No, he ain't even got to continue the conversation. The answer is no, man. Um, I, I get, I, I get it. He, he gonna be there for the regular season. 
He gonna be there. <laughs> he gonna be a top hey, five player regular season. <laughs> he got paid, bro. He got paid. He we, we I'm not expecting anything from. Here's here's my honest to God truth. Of what I think is gonna happen. I think Paul George is gonna put up some crazy. He gonna he gonna regular season look amazing, but this Clippers team is gonna be worse. He's gonna look better because less players now are gonna have the ability to take certain shots, true, true. and he's gonna he's gonna put up some wild numbers. However, come to playoffs, he's gonna do his playoff P thing, no doubt about it. I have no <laughs> doubt in my mind. You know. Uh, Patrick Beverly started off the preseason hitting the side of the backboard, taking his flow. So I'm sure he's disrespect. He feels disrespected by that as well. And uh, by the you way, know, Paul, Paul George gonna go one. Pat, why is Pat Beverly still there, bro? They have not found nobody that wants Pat Beverly. I mean, honestly, what value does he have? Yeah. Very seriously, I'm saying you go get some of them picks you lost for Paul George or something back for him. Like I just don't see the need for Pat Beverly. The, like I don't. Excuse me. What the picks that you lost? <laughs> who? Do you know how many picks I, they gave up? Who is giving? Yes. Who is, you go get two picks for that? I mean, other Pat? than other than teams on the back half of the draft order, who is giving up one first? For Pat Bev. No, no. I'm saying you might be get a second rounder and a late first round protected pick, like or I don't know. You you can get a a, a couple picks for Pat Beverly, like a, a team that's borderline, like like a team like maybe Memphis that's borderline or Sacramento that's borderline. They need like somebody off the bench to come out and defend because Buddy Hill can't guard anybody. You get some for Pat Beverly because the Clippers lack a facilitator. Kawhi Leonard don't want to be a facilitator. Paul George right. don't want to be a facilitator. He Who don't on have, that Paul team? George don't got the ability. Paul George does right. not have the ability. Lou, Lou, Williams, Lou Williams can do it, but Lou Williams is score first mentality all the time. He, that's why he got his name, Absolutely. Six Man. Yeah. So who on that team can facilitate? I feel like you need to go find a facilitator. Pat Beverly doesn't fit that team. But here's the thing. As much as people don't want to believe this, in the early 2000s, the Tony Allens, the Pat Beverly's of the world, they had a place. In the NBA, the Lindsey Hunters of the world, they had a place. Yeah. As time has moved on, if you are really good defensively, but you cannot stretch out a defense, if you are really good defensively, but you can't put the ball on the floor and create opportunities for your teammates, especially at his size. So wait, you can't rebound or you can't create opportunities for your teammates? Well, what do we have you out there for? <laughs> exactly. I don't my understand. Point. The Clippers so are at, literally, uh, uh, and you know, one person that would have fit the Clippers so good this year, and I hate to cut you off here, but I'm gonna forget. Ricky Rubio would have fit the Clippers so good, and they could have got him. They could have got him because the Timberwolves got him. And they don't even they like he's not gonna get no tick for real with them. Exactly, and and if I'm if I'm looking at so, if you look at the Michael Porter Jr. for example. Juxtaposed against, uh, um, juxtaposed against uh, Pat Bell. If you're talking early 2000s, a tall 3-4 who can shoot, who's a little bit of a de- defensive liability, that guy is not as valuable as the one that's a pit bull that every now and then could knock down a, a, a three. That guy's not as valuable. In 2020, yeah, no. that The guy who can... Shoot the tall guy who can shoot. He can rebound just de facto by the fact that he's six ten. He now has the value. Pat Bev, 
I'm sorry to this man, but ain't nobody giving up no first. <laughs> ain't nobody giving up no good first for Pat Bell. And it's sickening because these drives, well, this last draft was awful. Still, wouldn't nobody give up a first for Pat Bell. So, I mean, more power to them, but it's it's a it's a very it's gonna be a very contentious time out there on the other side of Staples Center. It's just the honestly God truth, if you ask me. Um Guyton, did you already tell us who you didn't have who you had not making it? I was I was looking over the the standards of last season, so even though they've been able to sneak in there the past few years, uh I got Orlando out. Word. Word. They they really okay. stayed the same. I didn't see them make like any adjustments at all. And I think as that team stands, they're not a bad team. But uh based off the strength that the Wizards picked up Westbrook and Westbrook may possibly be healthy, I got the Wizards sliding into the eighth spot in the East. I'm not well, saying I'm not, I'll say this is Bar Orlando. I think they're gonna blow that team up anyway. They got a bunch of mediocre talent. I mean, they, they need to. They're in limbo right now. They're that team that's never good enough to ever contend, but they're not bad enough to, to improve. So they're just like 15th pick every season. Right. And, and you know, Miami's a free free agent destination. You never hear about Orlando. Orlando's not a bad place to live at all. Um, so I, um, I, it's in Florida. <laughs> I mean, I never it's seen a, anybody that wanted to stay in Orlando. Exactly, like it's in Florida, but I ain't never heard nobody say like, you know what? <laughs> right. I'm but, gonna go but, down to the O. I need to hit the O one time. I'm saying you you get one good draft player, you get one player off the draft that's real good. Like let's say you get uh, just a a Brandon Ingram type player in the draft, which they make those guys every day. Like if Imani Bates, if you blow up and you get like a Imani Bates and he develops well in the NBA. Yeah. I feel like I feel like somebody go down there and want to play with him. You get what I'm saying? It's not like it's not like a Milwaukee or a Detroit where like I don't care who you got there. I'm not going there unless you unless you trade for me. Like I, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Orlando's not one yeah. of those places. What I mean? Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I, I think I don't know. It got to be something in the water in Orlando because they've had marquee players that they just couldn't get to stick around. So I'm not. Yeah, yeah. The marquee players there are like eh, yeah. eh. Yeah, the nicest. They front the nicest restaurant out here is a Chili's. I just am not doing it. <laughs> right, they front then, office um, is bad. Yeah, if we if we going out, um, if we are going out west, man, we had see three. Yeah, I, I think um, I think OKC is the only team that's out. I just can't, I can't decide whether or not Phoenix or Golden State is going to slide into that into that Thunder spot. But I think every other team is here staying the same. I think Dallas seeding might improve, and I think. Portland, Portland is probably going to slide into that eighth slot again. Their, their their window is closing, but I think with the strength of Dame and CJ, I think they can slide into the playoffs again. I got a hot take for you boys. Hey, hey, we'll we'll spill it, Chris. Spill it. Talk to me. It depends on what we do with James Harden. I don't think the Rockets are locked though with no Harden. Depending on what oh. you get for him. You think Harden oh, well, gone, or you think that he's sticking around? I think they keep him for majority of the year. But he starts showing signs, and, and he, you know, the, the strippers in Houston are up a hundred k this year. I keep saying that. If he start if he starts showing his showing his stripper side, then I think they got no choice. Like he's gonna force his way out. Hey, listen, you gotta understand, Chris. This man is not under a regular contract. You know what I'm saying? I'm hip. I'm he hip. I'm hip. He ain't under like a, a no competition agreement like we have for our job. This man is under a what? How much is he getting paid a year? Forty mil? 
$41.4 million. Listen, you pay somebody that much money, I don't give a damn if they kicking, screaming, shouting. Yeah, that's cool. I'll see you at work tomorrow. <laughs> I get it. I yeah, get it. I, but if they mess around and trade him, trade him and don't get not you're not gonna get the value back, but you don't get close. I don't think Houston's the playoff team. I feel it. I feel it. Okay. All right. And that's All right. my team, so, I'm being honest. So so let me ask you this. Because there have been reports that the Rockets are saying any trade that involves James Harden going to the Nets, they need to get in return either Kyrie or KD. Do they get either one of them for James? No. They're, no. they're not. They, they, for one, if you get one without the other, you're going to cause that. They friends, so you're going to cause the other one to fill away, and he might request out. Right. But you can't request. Like, they just signed. Both of them just signed. I, I, I'm well aware, but you know Kyrie is really emotional. If you trade, you you're know. not trading KD. You're not trading KD. So, yeah, this is okay, like, it, if you make that trade and get rid of one of them for hard, that kind of defeats the purpose of like trading for him. The whole, the whole, regardless of what your supporting cast is, the entire, uh, you know, reason for doing that trade is to try to put together a big three. Well, if you're okay, so if you're doing this trade and you don't want to give up. Uh, Kyrie or um, KD, then at this point you're talking three team, three way trade or three team trade, and I still don't think that you have enough to to get them to come up off Harden. I really don't. I really don't. And because then you talk about the amount that you would have to send to the third team, and that the third team would have to send to them, and that you would have to send to them. That at that point you got, you know, Steve Nash and Amari got to suit up. Like that's 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 what's going on there. After that trade goes through, yeah, <laughs> like that's that's it's gonna be a real tough time. It's gonna be a real tough time to try to trade everything that they need without trading one of those two. Mm, I don't know about it. I don't know about it. All right, so for me, Josh, I absolutely agree. Orlando is out of there. I think Orlando is out of there only because other teams in the East have gotten better, and like you said, they have just. The NBA now is so either championship or tank that if you are a team that's not tanking, even if you're not in championship contention, you're going to sneak in the playoffs. So that's what has happened with Orlando. Uh, on the West, the Thunder and who was the seventh seed? Who was the seventh seed, seed was uh, Dallas. Uh, I'm not sure Memphis makes the playoffs this year. They, they, sure they, 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 they was there was that uh in in a, in a play in game last year. I'm not I'm not sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. So so they technically were in even though they weren't in in. There there okay. is a playoff playoff tournament this year between the ninth and the tenth seed to see who plays the eighth seed. I believe they were talking about. True. I don't know if they're gonna do it the same format or however, but it is gonna be a play in tournament this year. So that might well in that case. Too. Well in that case, I guess Memphis is making it, but. I honestly and truly, again, I like Jared Jackson a lot. Uh, I like I like uh, John Moran a lot. I don't think they got better. I really don't. I really didn't. They pay Gordon Hayward a lot of money. Uh, Charlotte no. did. Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte. Charlotte did. Okay, Charlotte did. Charlotte did. Absolutely. Yeah. It ain't yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't see. I don't see. Uh, the, oh, of course, Charlotte not making playoffs. Of course, Charlotte. <laughs> right. Charlotte well, is. They not go surround uh, Mello with any talent whatsoever. That's another story for another time. 
long story short, yeah, I don't think I truly don't think that uh, Memphis is gonna make it coming back this year. I don't think so. I think One thing I'm gonna say, I'm not sold on the Raptors after losing Ibaka and Gasol. I'm not really sold on them. Like, yeah, they're a great team. Yeah, they got good coaching, but without those two defensive presences down low. I'm not so sure because look, if you look at their roster, they didn't really improve or they yeah. didn't get. Wait, they, they, they didn't re up on Fred Van Vliet. Fred, that's Van all they did. That's yeah, all they did. They, they, Van Vliet, they interior defense is cooked. They have no Ibaka or Marcus Gasol now. So I mean, Siakam, they, we just saw him. We just saw what Siakam did in the playoffs. That series was theirs for the taking. Oof, that's tough. Oof, that's tough. That's okay. Well. I feel that. I feel that. The Raptors, I only see because they're they're in the same situation that Orlando is in. They're not good enough to compete for championships. But they haven't blown it up yet. So just de facto by that, there's too many teams that have blown it up already that are like content with being trash right now, especially in the East. Especially in the East, man. I mean, Jordan is admitting that his Hornets are trash. Talking about, yeah, I could beat some of these guys in one-on-one. Sir, you're 60. You understand? You are 60. If you can beat any player on your team in one-on-one, I think you need to re-examine why they're there. Uh, <laughs> you you go on down the line, Chicago, I don't really, you know, not really anything there. I mean, I'm sorry, but there is. Otto, Otto Porter came back from injury this year, so they'd be a little bit better. John Wall made Kobe White look like fish food. Fish food. I get it. I get it. And that's the I team said, that, wait a that could use a Pat Beverly to me. But I'm just saying. Okay. All right. So, so All right. I, I can see that. So, so if we're looking at a hypothetical situation and uh, Toronto was out in the East, who do you have taking their place? I still. I think they're. I think. No, I don't think they're out. A lower seed, but I think they'd be sixth through eighth seed for sure, losing their interior defense. Okay. I don't think they're out. You think we got any chance that Atlanta makes it? <laughs> Ooh, that's a, that's gonna be an interesting that's team a, this year. They're gonna be a real interesting team. Atlanta and Washington, the two teams that I would put in over over some people. See, my thing with I'm not sold on Atlanta. A lot of people are acting like Atlanta made this huge jump. I, I'm not seeing it. They picked up Rondo. They got Clint Capella coming back healthy this year. They got Trey Young another year under his belt. They I mean, got Trey Young and John Collins John got Collins. a year better. That's the only improvement I really see. I'm not Clint Capella. He didn't play last year with them. That's that's true, but I don't. I think the the biggest, uh, the most overblown thing of this past off season is people acting like Rondo was about to just flip a team around. You know, Rondo is, is a real thing. Playoff Rondo is a real thing. Playoff Rondo was well rested. <laughs> they were in the bubble, and he's playing alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah, playing to get alongside those two will will make anybody look good. I feel I mean, like we'd all look good. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. He'll be able to give some great man, knowledge. Danny Green look young. good. Man, oh please, oh please. <laughs> they oh, gave brother. him an opportunity to look good. He didn't exactly. capitalize on it. Exactly, bro. Wide open at the top of the key. You know what? I'm gonna let it go. But yeah, no. I, I, I mean, I agree that I don't, I don't see what all the hype is around Atlanta. Simply because, again, we still have not seen anything from them defensively. Uh, they have the pieces to be good on defense. You you would think with the twin tower look of Capella and Collins, you would have a very stout defense. They didn't last year. So, 
Uh, well, Capella yeah. didn't play much, and then they, you know, the Corona happened, and then they they didn't play for a while. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, we we gonna see. Also, uh, Trey Young has got to learn how to sit down and play some defense. If he keeps getting cooked, it's okay. It's cool to to drop thirty five forty, but if you're allowing twenty five thirty on the other end, like you what are you really doing? Out. Yeah. Exactly. What are you really doing, man? It's it's. The day you getting your bigs in foul trouble because they hitting blow bars on you like they got uh like they got interior finishing takeovers, it's it's just it's nonsense. You can't. It, it like you said, it evens yourself out. It really and truly does. All right, so <clears throat> we've we've talked about the NFL playoffs. We've talked about the NBA playoffs. I know y'all didn't had enough of us for this week. Trust me, we we definitely gonna get into some more things next week. But uh, please keep coming back every week. Every single, every single week, we're going to have a new episode for y'all. Y'all hit it, Don Tolliver, so you know what that means. Peace and love, y'all.